Welcome to the About Sex Podcast. I'm Joshua Skirtu, and today I'm interviewing Angela Skirtu, author of two books. Uh, what are your books called? Uh, the books are, actually, I have this neat flyer, <laughs> Helping Couples Overcome Infidelity, a therapist's manual, and Premarital Counseling, a guide for clinicians. That's awesome. She's Thank a you. licensed marriage and family therapist and an ASEX certified sex therapist. She's also the co-host of this podcast, mm-hmm. but today she's our guest. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you for having me, Josh. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you. Uh, today, I wanted to get to know the real Angela. I'm not too familiar with you. You're not. So why don't we start off with, where are you from? Where am I from? I'm actually from St. Louis, Missouri, right here. Um, I went to Pattonville High School, which is something they always ask here. It's such a weird yeah. question because nobody cares Nobody anymore. cares. Where, I don't care where you went to high school. <laughs> but I did go to Pattonville High School for those of you from St. Louis who care. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody cares. Don't answer that question because nobody asked it. <laughs> they ask it all the time. Have you lived anywhere else? Uh, yes, I've lived all over. Um, I lived in Hawaii. Actually, you and me, who is unfamiliar with me, <laughs> we met and got married in Hawaii. Then we moved to Oregon. Yeah. I got my bachelor's in Hawaii, and then I got my master's in counseling in Oregon. At the and University then we of Oregon, here. that's right. Yep, yep, yep. So what's your education? You went to the University of Oregon, mm-hmm. master's in what? Counseling, family and human services, or mm-hmm. couples and family therapy. So you're a marriage and family therapist. Uh-huh. And I'm a marriage and family therapist. took extra training to be yes. a sex therapist. Actually, to become a sex therapist, it's like having an extra <laughs> master's degree. They make you take a whole master's degree worth of classes, plus you mm-hmm. have to do extra supervision with a sex therapist where they're like making sure you're doing the job correctly. So you, you really have to be pretty good at it to do the sex therapy part. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you wrote a book about infidelity. Why'd you do that? Well, actually, I mean, for a lot of reasons, I, I realized like half of my population is people overcoming infidelity. Half um, of the people that come in. Half of the people who come in for therapy, and they're the hardest cases. And I kept getting people coming in who would say um, that they hadn't really had very good counseling before me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, what are the people doing? Are they? And I would ask them like things that I think are important for well, treatment. Well, what, what they would do is they would have the couple in, and they would say, you two argue now. No. And then pay me money. <laughs> And now you go home. No, that's a bad therapy. By the way, if ever you just sit in front of a therapist and argue and they don't stop you or try to teach you things, that's bad therapy. Don't go to that person. That's the I don't give a F model. No. <laughs> and I would just want to get paid and get home, right? But I, you do a different treatment no, model. No, 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 no. What is your treatment model? Well, mine's more interactive. Like, first of all, okay. It's more behavior modification? It's more behavior modification. If anybody is fighting, my job is to kind of try and stop you and start getting you guys to listen to each mm-hmm. other, understand each other better. I'm right. teaching communication skills. If ever it gets out of hand, I'm breaking the couple up, actually. <laughs> I'll send somebody out into the uh, office, um, yeah. the waiting room, and then I'll switch until they can kind of get Put to a point a where they can... Essentially, an adult, an adult timeout. Out. No, sometimes you no, need to take a timeout. Everybody needs timeouts. Yeah. I think they're very effective. You need it mm-hmm. from childhood to adulthood, and so yeah, I'm modeling through therapy a timeout so that they're understanding. No, we need to be calm and respectful to each other while we talk. That's a good idea. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of different things. And so you have most of your clients. The majority are there for infidelity. Many of them, How I would say, fifty percent. Uh, well, <laughs> it's sixty to eighty percent of couples have. Um, of have, individuals have, either, have, cheated. have cheated. Yeah, 60 wow. to 80%. It's a very high number. And that's up, actually, from when I wrote my book. And when I wrote my book, it was 50 to 70%. <laughs> so there's the new so statistic, everyone. We're getting better at Yay! it, everybody. <laughs> so have you ever cheated on your husband? No, I haven't. Oh, thank God. That would have been so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're driving me nuts. He's my uh, husband, in case you didn't okay. know this. Yeah, I, I am That's her husband. my husband. I've been married to him forever. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. No, it's awesome. Uh, I love so, you, honey. What is the goal of therapy? Like, are, are you going to be able to save every marriage? Are you going to, is the goal to go, them to come in there and you fix every single marriage and everybody walks out happy? Well, so that's actually two questions. So I'm going to answer. But I made it very confusing. <laughs> so just answer simply. <laughs> I'm going to answer two, first the goals and then if people can fix it. Okay. Uh-huh. So the goals, there's actually two tracks in therapy that we're working on. Track uh-huh. A is conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. And basically through conflict resolution, what we're trying to do is help people um, talk better, communicate through their problems a little bit better and be kinder yeah. and more respectful. So that's track A. Track, track B a. is encouraging uh, more positive interactions, actually. Actually. So basically what people are doing is like if so say you you've been fighting for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Some couples have not had time to just have fun with each other or laugh with each other and just enjoy each other's company. And so they don't if, really like each other. Yeah, they haven't built the friendship essentially. Yeah. So track B is helping people build that friendship and connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't do one at a time. You actually have to do them parallel. Part of this over here too is also the sex part, you know, like because obviously to be mm-hmm. good friends, you have to be great lovers <laughs> just want to yeah. throw that in there so that's the answer to question a the second question you ask can everybody fix it no the sad thing is it depends yeah. um if people come in early enough uh i can do a lot of helpful work but if people are kind of out the door and pretty much ready to like end it all like it, they've waited years like and they've years. pretty much built up so much resentment but like some lawyer said you know what you should try just one last time and they're kind of doing it out of spite yeah. yeah, that's not gonna work out. I mean, that's reality. There's this contempt that people build for each other that you just kind of, yeah, you just can't come back from you it. Can't times. undo that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't un. So not them. everybody can be fixed, but 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 even those couples is they still get something out of it sometimes. Well, I, I'm glad I, you brought that up because so the point of therapy, in case you've never been in therapy, is to create change of mm-hmm. some sort. Because they're in limbo. Because what injury? Yeah, basically what happens is, is somehow the couple or an individual is in limbo, and so basically if I can get a couple or an individual unstuck, so explain. I've limbo. still done a job. So explain limbo. Limbo is where you're in your marriage and mm-hmm. you're miserable. Something has happened. You cheated or. Or something's going on. Or you're on. just in the status quo with each mm-hmm. other and unhappy. You're unhappy. Yeah. But you want to be happy again. Limbo is, I don't know if I should stay or if I should go. Should I stay or should and I And actually, go by now? the way, there's a chapter in my book called Should I Stay or Should I Go? Because that's mm-hmm. a limbo that people are in yeah. when they come in after infidelity. Yeah. Yeah. And limbo sucks. So limbo for everybody, sucks. limbo is the worst place divorce ever. We also sucks. call it the gray zone. Yeah. Well, but divorce sucks. The divorce goal is can... not divorce. Well, the goal is not divorce, but in some cases, divorce can be a good outcome. No, I don't want everybody to end up in divorce. No, but like, you'd rather people, nobody get divorced. Like, so the way I kind of put it is, um, I'm a marriage advocate, but if um, if health and well being is being um, destroyed through mm-hmm. a marriage, then uh, health and well being can trump a marriage. Yeah. But I do obviously advocate Clearly. for people having positive, healthy marriages. Because people, people still to get be happy. Yeah. yeah, but not everybody can be happy together. And, and that can still be an okay ending, even though it sucks. <laughs> yeah. So why do people cheat? Oh, so many reasons. So let's talk about the status quo. Um, couples get into this rut with each other yeah. um, where they're basically focusing on work or child care or that's it. And like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Just focusing on those things. And they, they start going through the motions with each other in their relationships. And um, what happens... They I, don't I actually, have any positive interactions other than business. Yeah, they kind of forget about each other. It becomes more about the business, the business casting each other. It's more the business, less the pleasure. I call it dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm familiar. You're familiar. Oh, yeah. You like die inside in your relationship yeah. and you feel unhappy. Um, and so it's about that time that like this is happening so commonly that like a bunch of people are doing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, for you who get to watch at home, this is my marriage. Like this is what marriage looks like. Everybody's like, what is this? Okay. So there are times where we get closer my hands. and there are times where we get further away in marriage, closer, mm-hmm. further away. And so when people are dying inside, this is what's happening. They're getting further and further <clears> apart, <throat> right? And what, what, since a bunch of people are doing this, what I essentially see is a trajectory where you are getting further and further away from your partner and somebody else is at the same time and your cross, your paths cross. Right. And then what's, what Star starts? Crossed yeah, you, they do. And what happens is, is they start by commiserating. They mm-hmm. commiserate like my marriage is unhappy. I'm just, I'm just not doing what I want out of life. I, I thought it would be more than this. Mm-hmm. And commiseration, so you guys know, is step one to infidelity for yeah. most people. So if there's somebody that you find attractive and you're commiserating with them, you're and you're step- not telling about your partner and you're hiding it from your partner. Yeah, because like really, I, if you're hiding, anything I want to be clear. It's, a, it's also about like hiding it. Like you can have friends, mm-hmm. um, but like the difference between like a commi- a hidden commiseration versus like friends you're getting support from is you would be your partner would be perfectly comfortable with the things you would say to Mm -hmm. that person and and most couples like i encourage you guys to have open phones like my husband and i you're you're him by the way (laughs) we can look at each other's phones there's no like secrets there so like if he wants to look in and see what's happening you're there and i can look in and see what's happening with you right but so it's it's not just the commiserating but it's the kind of secret commiserating like i can't tell this to my partner i never share this Mm -hmm. with them that's that's when it becomes a little more of that start to an infidelity and so I think people cheat because they're unhappy um, or because they don't always have good boundaries. That's another reason people cheat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So those are the main points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we actually have a question from one of our viewers. Oh, really? Uh, Evan asks, are you all counselors? Oh. And the, <laughs> the answer is Angela, yes. She yes, is a, a counselor. counselor. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. Mm-hmm. She works here in the state of Missouri. I am not. Yeah, Josh all. is not. He's and just ne- a fun guy. I never advertise that or say that I am. <laughs> People always ask that because I talk about therapy. Yeah, everybody asks if he's a therapist or what else. They've asked you if you're like a lawyer. They've asked you is if he you're alive? A, a scientist. <laughs> People ask a lot of questions about yeah. Josh. No, Josh is an awesome I'm husband an author. with a great sense of humor. Yeah, and I'm an author. <laughs> yes, you're an author I too. actually have written a, a novel. I'm trying to get it published right now. It's called... Uh, you're all going to hell. A love story. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a hilarious yeah. one. It's about a guy who's really depressed and suicidal, and his therapist decides to kill him to shut him up, and then he goes to hell and he has adventures. With yeah, Campbell I love Colt that he wrote that. a story yeah. about a therapist killing their patient. Yeah. I think he was thinking about me when he wrote that. Oh yeah, she kills me on the inside at least. <laughs> I do it every day, honey. I love you so much. Yeah, but thanks for the question, Evan. Uh, all right. So once someone's cheated on you, can you ever trust them again? Well, I mean, it's a kind of tough question. So what I would say is you can't trust them in the same way again. It doesn't mean you can't trust each other, but it does shift the way people trust. So I think in the beginning of a relationship, people go through this like romantic phase where they're like, I love you so much. They don't question anything. And it's not to say that... um, it's not to say that that's not fun and special, but the reality is I think trust shifts. And, mm-hmm. and what it means is that you become a little more discerning. Uh, you actually need a little more accountability from your partner after it. You mm-hmm. can't just trust words alone um, because it's kind of um, like their word wasn't followed through with. So beyond words, you actually need a little bit more of actions that follow through with words. And that's how people can build trust. But you're never going to get that sense of... Uh, the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah. Do, do you think people should have that 
kind of culpability early on before it gets to that point. Absolutely. Like, I mean, we, we've had that from the beginning on our relationship mm-hmm. where if I have a question about where you've been or what you've been doing, if I'm suspicious of you cheating or something, I can just ask it. And yeah. I think some couples have this position where if you even ask the other person, they have, they'll get offended. Like, how dare you question my infidelity? It's like, no, you should question everything. And that's how I live my life. No, no, I actually agree with you. I write about that in the book. So Mm -hmm. um, I think the most trustworthy people are the people who uh, take a lot of personal self-accountability and Mm -hmm. uh, ownership. So um, my approach to it is everybody's capable of cheating or making mistakes. Everybody's capable of doing horrible things Mm -hmm. because... Um, Some more than others. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Josh. Bad Josh. You're perfect. No, but the reality is, like, nobody's perfect. People make mistakes. We go through hard times, and and actually, in hard times of marriage, it's easy to make mistakes. And Mm -hmm. if somebody is is commiserating with you and making you feel loved, it's easy to cross boundaries with that person. So I think it's better to um, kind of take a position of we should be earning each other's trusts Mm -hmm. from the beginning. And for those conversations. I actually coach couples in sessions how to have them casually with each other. Yeah. Because how they're usually doing it is they'll say, why so did you do this? So normally it's a screaming fight. No, it's, it's yeah. an accusatory <laughs> yeah. question with a defensive response. Right. And so it's like, why'd you, why'd you go to lunch with her? Why'd you, why'd you Facebook message this mm-hmm. person? Why did you do this? So that's the start of a fight. Right. It should be more casual. No, it's a casual. It's, it's like, like, hey, what were you talking to hey, them about? Hey, what were you talking to them about? Yeah. Or, hey, I noticed he was flirting with you. Mm-hmm. Can we like talk about that? Yeah. Or can you put some distance in that? Well, that's a little harder to be casual. <laughs> no, I actually, I coach couples to be completely casual about it and to mm-hmm. be so direct about it that they can ask for boundaries around it. Like, hey, I know that she kind of likes you. I don't, I trust you, but I don't know if I trust her. Can you just yeah. be careful when you're with her? Set certain boundaries. Set boundaries or yeah. don't, don't be alone with her. We can hang out with her in the group, but I can really tell she likes you. Mm-hmm. And it's like that casual. And when I get couples doing that, it really helps them because suddenly they realize, oh, there is a world of people who f- find me attractive and find my partner attractive. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And instead of it being this scary conversation, it's now something they can do to build respect in the relationship and take care of each other. Yeah. So it's actually one of the, like, I've had couples who've gone to therapy prior, and then three years, four years down the line after an infidelity, they're still struggling. And it's because they didn't have those boundaries conversations. Hmm. And as soon as you get them doing that, they're like, oh, that's what we needed to do to build trust. So what are some good boundaries you think for couples to have? So it depends on how a couple is defined. <laughs> so in a, in a monogamous relationship? Sure. What would you say? So in a monogamous relationship, the lines can be very different for each person. So what I do is I'll talk to people about like, what do you consider flirting? Mm-hmm. Um, some people consider flirting just talking friendly. Any penetration. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Josh breaks me here and there every now and then, and I don't right? know what to do. <laughs> no, Josh. No, Ben. No. So obviously penetration would be clear cheating. No, no, no. Uh, don't like, do it. I broke you, didn't I? Did. No, I can get back on so top. Ba- what are- <laughs> so like flirting. Uh, yeah. Have them define what they feel flirting is. What Maybe is they flirting? feel like flirting is... Any um, touching. It could be touching. Mm-hmm. It could be um, like a touch of the certain shoulder. sexual connotation. Yeah. Um, and some Double people entendre. Are, some people are okay with flirting to some mm-hmm. degree, but what I have to get couples to do is draw the line somewhere mm-hmm. so that they're clear about where they can respect their partner. Right. Um, like, actually, <clears> I, I have this funny story. I had a guy who said, I'm okay with my wife flirting. 
flirting with girl with guys at the bar to get drinks. I don't care. She can do that. And so hmm. I was like, interesting. Well, I, I didn't believe him. So I, I had to poke the bear a little bit. And I said so to his wife, I said, so what do you do to flirt with guys to get these drinks? And she said, well, sometimes I talk to them and sometimes I um, dance with them. As soon as she said dance, his eyes went up in flames uh, like, what, you dance you? with them? How dare you and move she- rhythmically with other men? <laughs> and she was like, what? You said I could flirt with guys. He said, yeah, but I never said you could dance with them. So like they're right there. Mm-hmm. Now I found their line. And right. I think couples should be talking about their lines up front so that they feel safe and loved, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> But it does depend on how people are defined, and not everybody's defined monogamously, so it can also vary depending on how a relationship is. Okay, sounds good. Um... <laughs> Another question? Yeah, I got he one. Broke, I broke him. <laughs> Once someone cheats, why come in? Like, should should people just sometimes just run for the hills? Like, or like, like a lot of people have that feeling. Like somebody's cheated on them, they feel burned. Is there, mm-hmm. what is their reason for coming in if you're the person who's been cheated on? Well, <clears throat> you got to understand where people are at when this happens. So like, I mean, most people aren't cheating right up front. It does happen where sometimes people cheat right in the beginning of a relationship. But most people, the cheating yeah. happens later. You've been married 10 years, 20 years. They have a lot of life that they're sharing with each other. They have, they have family, they have kids, they have shared friends, they have a lot of shared things. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people come in because it's so hard to face the idea of breaking all of that up. It's, it's hard. The hard, it's hard either way, whether you work on it or whether you divorce, it's a right. challenging decision. That's why people stay on the fence for so long. Mm-hmm. So that's one reason. Um, a big reason everybody says is the kids, you know, yeah. like, which it's hard because I, I don't think people should stay together for the kids, but I 100% understand why people do at the same time. Sure. Um, but then the other thing that some people come in is they still feel like the relationship is strong, that they still care about their partner and they want to see if they can make it better. You know, when they have all those years, they still had some good years with each other and they're trying to get back there. Okay. So they they have reasons to keep trying. They do. They do. Um, what are some behaviors that indicate someone is cheating on you? How can you tell? Oh, I Mm. know a few. Yeah, that's what I want to know. (laughs) Do tell. So, um... Now, like, these aren't perfect, right? Like, so don't, like, just because I say them now, go accuse your wife or husband of something. But, like, some themes, one is space. When people start saying, I just need space. I just Mm -hmm. need a lot of space. Now, I'm not saying people can't have alone time. I understand people need alone time, hobbies, and their own lives. That's not what I'm talking about. But, like, they just, they're constantly talking about needing space, but they're not spending any time with their partner. And so it's like, what do you mean you need space? Really, you need space to have sex with another person. That's terrible, but it's true. It takes a little bit of space to do that. It takes a little bit of space. Um, People who kind of uh, hold their phones close and they won't ever let it be free somewhere, um, that's usually an indicator, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I do encourage couples to just have an open phone email policy if it's free there's nothing to hide really you know but like they'll kind of keep their phone with them at all times um if their partner asks about like who are you talking to they're like why they try to return it on the other person why are you why are you bugging me about it like you're being paranoid Uh, even that like when people start to accuse you of being crazy uh that's actually a way of turning things around on a person so like not answering a question directly is another one so like changing the topic or just starting a fight those are Mm -hmm. things that they'll do to um like avoid basically saying what's going on Mm -hmm. um and if they can turn it then they don't have to account for uh what they're doing and then there are also these nonverbal cues too like these are all just like cues for lying by the way but like uh 
there can be over details they're giving or under details. Like sometimes people lie through omission. So they'll say, oh, I went to Hardee's, but they happen to forget to mention that they also met a friend there at Hardee's, mm -hmm. right? Or wherever they are, you know. Sure. That's not, that wasn't a commercial for Hardee's, no. by the way. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. Or um, people actually, when they remember, they don't actually remember in a linear pattern. So mm -hmm. if they're like citing a story to you in a very right. linear pattern. So yeah. So that's something that people do when they're lying is they actually overshare. Uh -huh. Like if you're telling Too the truth many details. and you say, what'd you do today? It's like, oh, I went shopping. But if you're lying and they say, what did you do today? I went shopping. I went in and I bought two clothes. Uh -huh. I bought a I don't speak now, apparently. Yeah, you can't speak <laughs> words, gibberish. I bought a hat. I did this. Yeah. yeah and they have a lot more details than are necessary in a normal conversation. Well, and let's let's be fair, too. Like, some people are just like this. So I don't want to, like, put anybody no. in a certain position, right. right? So there's other indicators, too. Like, maybe they're not as connected in the relationship. Maybe you're not having sex as much or at all. Yeah, um, that's probably a big sex one. Sex is an is indicator as well. Is really tapered down a lot or it's gone entirely mm -hmm. or they have no excitement to initiate it any yeah or they're staying later at work mm -hmm. they keep working late and you're like why are you working so late like all the time you yeah. know things like that yeah but again it these are just pieces you still have to put the whole puzzle together and not everybody is cheating who's doing some of these things yeah so so what are the treatments for infidelity like what do you, how do you treat this? Well, so the first well, thing I do... You wrote a book do, on it. Yeah, I did write a book yeah. on it. So <clears throat> the first thing I actually do is I have to help couples get through the crisis. Like after an infidelity, it is huge crisis time. Lots of high highs, lots of low lows. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do is damage control at that point and basically keeping people from making the situation worse. Mm -hmm. So um, things to keep the situation from going worse are don't make really big decisions. Like people are so emotional at the time that they want to do big things like they want to move or they want to sell their house or sell their car or burn mm -hmm. their clothes because like they're just really unhappy. or murder their husband or yeah. do something people yeah. are violent like don't people, murder people who have never been violent before can get violent when it comes to these things which is i mean it's challenging right mm -hmm. so like i'm trying to keep people from making big decisions i'm trying to teach them how to talk about the situation so that they're supporting each other and not just having big fights mm -hmm. um i'm getting them to hunker down with each other a lot spend a lot more time alone with each other rather than continue to hang out with anyone else i'm making sure that they're not still cheating that's yeah. something that can really harm therapy. some people will come in and they're still doing it they are and they're lying about it mm. um one thing i'll tell people in that first session is i'll say hey if there's anything you still haven't told your partner you have a week you need to go ahead and tell them everything because if it mm -hmm. comes out again later <laughs> it's like the whole process it's starts reopening over again. the wound yep Yep. And it sucks too, because like to go, like I really help people get to a better space. So for, for people to head in this direction and then it to suddenly start over from scratch is very painful. It is. That's why I yeah. give them that warning up front, you mm -hmm. know, but like some people listen and some people don't. And, you know, I can't control people. So no. I try. wish I could. <laughs> yeah, you wish you could just remove just their like, brain and play them like puppets. Play them like puppets. Puppets. <laughs> Our daughter likes puppets. <laughs> okay, so you do a little damage control first. Yeah. What's the next step? So then the next step is actually getting into the meat of the issue, right? So like looking at the relationship, if there's anything that needs improving there, looking at boundaries, are they really being honest and, and building trust in their lives? And not just trust when it comes to the relationship in terms of like infidelity or not, but trust when it comes to... Um, 
like parenting, finances, mm-hmm. how they spend their time, how they um, how they spend their lives, what they want out of their life. You know, uh, people trust can that they're earn, on the same page. Yeah, they need to get on the same page. So we're really getting into more of the relationship and like, what do you want to de- do to be happy as a couple? That's mm-hmm. like stage two, and then a lot of trust building because. Um, they're in a lot of pain and if they can't build trust with their partner they're not going to be able to move forward mm-hmm. um, usually at this time too they're having better sex which is really fun <laughs> oh so that, that was actually one of my next questions oh okay it's kind of a loaded question how can cheating make your sex life better because <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I kind of knew the answer to this <laughs> you knew the answer yeah. so, so what, first of what all, is it you said it was erotic erotic healing erotic is what healing. it's called sexual healing sexual healing <laughs> 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 okay so um silly. it's a weird phenomenon but what mm-hmm. i what we basically chalked it up to is um when people have an infidelity it's like facing death it's, it's like, like a near-death experience it's like a near-death experience like the mm-hmm. death of your marriage and so when people face death their life changes you mm-hmm. want to live life to the fullest they change and so, their perspective on life mm-hmm, and you look back at the relationship and you think of like what have we been doing i missed out on all this and i wanted yeah. to have good sex why and Part of it is why did you have why didn't you ask me? I wanted that good sex. I felt just as much in a rut as you yeah. did. And instead of talking to me and us doing something about it, you went to this other person. Right. And so sometimes that hurt partner really wants to take back their sex life in, in, mm-hmm. in a very powerful way. So a lot of couples experience like a deep erotic healing as a result of this. Mm-hmm. I also call it um what do you call it? Caveman sex or marking your territory sex. Yeah. That's what I call it. It's, it's reclaiming. Mar- it's a reclaiming, like this mm-hmm. is mine. And I call kinda, dibs. I think it's kind of sexy sex too <laughs> because people are a little bit more like in that animalistic brain, like they're yeah. taking each other back. Yeah, but you have to go through and fix your relationship before you can get back to that part of the well, sex. Well, right? ha- it's a part of it, definitely. Yeah. People have to get really deep, honest, and raw. Like mm-hmm. it, getting honest about things that they're very scared about or worried about sharing, like really going there with mm-hmm. each other in very deep, meaningful ways. When when people are very raw and honest, that fuels the erotic healing. Mm-hmm. But if there's still any lying, like, because we can tell. The weird thing is partners know each other so well that they can tell when their partner's lying, mm-hmm. even when they're trying to hide it, because there's oh, yeah. just behaviors. You're a terrible liar. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, that's a good thing. You'll always yeah. be able to trust Oh, me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, the, you, even for the good liars, they can tell. They can tell they're lying in their mm-hmm. whole withholding and so the erotic healing only takes place when people are deeply raw and honest, honest and they yeah. just open the entire pandora's right. box because then they feel safe to be vulnerable yeah. in bed yeah and then that it creates this beautiful connection actually mm-hmm. it's like they start their marriage anew it's fresh a, it's marriage 2.0 it is yeah, it but is. you don't suggest cheating no, 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 as I a don't treatment for a this. bad marriage. No, so no, please don't cheat as a means a, to have a better sex life. That's the so worst. As strategy. an alternative, how can <laughs> they get that same erotic healing if they're in that struggle in their marriage? They haven't cheated yet, but mm-hmm. they're tempted. They're in that place where they're like, "I just want to cheat. I want to run off into the hills." Like, how can they <sighs> get to that same? outcome without having to actually cheat because we don't want them to cheat i would rather them say exactly that to their partner like say they're at a point in the marriage where they haven't cheated Mm -hmm. but they feel kind of um at risk for it because they feel so distant they feel on their way out they feel on their way out they can say i feel like i've lost that spark with you i feel Mm -hmm. like we've lost that connection but i and that's honestly a kind of death anyway if somebody tells you that they're ready to divorce you that will make you die inside yeah yeah and then you can re 
Revitalize your reborn. marriage. Yeah. But really, I wish I wish couples would tell each other early because there's a lot of great work you can do mm-hmm. before an infidelity. And I've before actually it. my best couples have been people who just lost each other a little mm-hmm. bit, who had just lost some of that desire, and they came in. They were like, you know what? We used to be really hot and heavy, but you know, we got through the into a rut in our marriage, and mm-hmm. we want to get out of that rut. We want to shake it up. And those couples still have a lot of love and energy for each other. They have a lot of respect. They haven't done anything to destroy things. Yeah. There's and not as big a wounds that'll be yeah, left over. So that work actually lasts. It lasts so long and it's beautiful work and it's easier too. Yeah. So what I want you to do is stop hiding, you know? Like people are so worried. Like they're being nice actually. Actually, you came up with this. He said sometimes when people are not being nice, they're being mean. They're actually mean. being mean. No, like the reality yeah. is a lot of times people are nice. They're, yeah, they're somebody like, I don't comes hurt their in feelings. and they don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. But the reality is if you're not honest with that person, you're not being nice to them. You're yeah. actually protecting yourself from dealing with conflict and yes. dealing with hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. You're the one who is protecting yourself. You're not helping them. You're not a nice and person. And you're not help- helping yourself either. But right. I, I, I want to put it out there. People aren't intentionally being mean. No. It's just, it's, it's a little... We've been taught to be nice. We've been taught to hold back our yeah. feelings. But it's that whole passive-aggressive yeah. Midwest thing. But the thing that creates that the erotic feeling <laughs> is that deep, raw honesty. Not the being nice and holding back, but yeah. being so honest and saying... You know what? I I feel like we've lost each other. I miss you. I don't feel like we enjoy each other anymore. I've lost that interaction that I love, that spark, and I, mm-hmm. I need it back. Can you yeah. work on this with me? Yeah. And if they need somebody to work on it with, maybe they can contact Angela. <laughs> maybe they could contact me for therapy. St. Louis Marriage Therapy. You can find her at <laughs> www.therapistinstlouis.com. That is correct. And... What other, where else can they find you? Oh, well, they can find me at um, About Sex Podcast. I'm, I have a Facebook page, St. Louis Marriage Therapy. Mm-hmm. I also have a YouTube channel where I put up videos here. Yeah. You can just look up Angela Skirtu. And I've got an author, um, I have an author uh, signing coming up in uh, June 26th. It's Tuesday from 7 to 9 at Spencer Library. We'll post it up on yeah, the blog the too. Spencer Library. Yeah, but I'm going to be signing in and reading St. from Charles. the book in St. Saint- Peter's, I think. <laughs> it's technically St. Yeah, Peter's. Peter's, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, if you want to see me, always give me a call or check out the website. Yeah. And then the book is Helping Couples Overcome Infidelity, a therapist manual. Yeah. Sounds good. Anything else you want to add for today? No, I think no. that's good. Sounds good. So this has been the About Sex Podcast. Uh, I'm Josh. And I'm Angela Skirtu. Be sure to add us on Facebook, review us on iTunes, and send us your questions at aboutsexpodcast at gmail.com. Stay kinky, St. Louis. Stay kinky, St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs>